Welcome back. On this episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Steven shares about how to see God's promise manifest. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah. Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you are king standing in the midst of us. standing here in the midst of us we raise you up with our praise jesus we enthrone you jesus my god we enthrone you and through you we proclaim you are king we proclaim you are king standing here god you are here in the midst of us today we raise you up with our praise and as we worship throne and as we worship build your throne build your throne and as we worship build your throne come lord jesus and take your place the throne and as we worship we worship worship come lord come lord and one more time tonight let your mighty hand come upon us your mighty presence of the holy spirit come upon us oh let there be an open heaven over us tonight oh god your god we worship you worship you worship worship you worship you worship father we honor you tonight just bow before your mighty presence tonight father tonight oh god make us aware of who you are make us aware of your presence make us aware of the precious anointing of the holy spirit that you have given us make us mindful of who you are in us lord father these are days of walking in the power and the anointing of the holy spirit father god may the revelation of jesus be manifest over us father we thank you we thank you we honor you we worship you we love you god Father we do not want to step into anything that is not of you. We do not want to go where you do not go. We do not want to enter where you do not enter. God there are many times we have done things that displeased you. Tonight we ask that you would forgive us, cleanse us, wash us with your blood. We don't stand here in our righteousness. We stand here because of who you are because you are a God who works righteousness in us our righteousness are like filthy rags God 
Sometimes we behave very self-righteous. Sometimes, Lord, we are unaware, Lord, of not touching your glory, of not touching, God, things that pertain to you. And this evening, oh God, we ask that you'd open our eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to us. Said in your word, let him who has a ear hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Tonight, oh God, there's a lot of words that we hear in the world around us. But give us a year, I pray, that we will hear what the Spirit of God would speak to the churches. Tonight, Lord, we ask for an open heaven. Lord, we are reminded of Jacob. The Bible says he was called a deceiver. He was a deceiver. He deceived his own father. The Bible says, one day you had an encounter with him. A moment with God. A moment to wrestle with God. A moment to experience the glory of God. Visions. Manifestations. The Bible says, He heard the word of the Lord. You shall not be called Jacob anymore, but you shall be called Israel. Prince with God. Father, sometimes we are, we need that encounter, God. Sometimes we need your word that can change us. Your word that will change the identity of our lives. Tonight, may the mighty power of the Holy Spirit come upon us. Open our ears to hear the voice of God. Open our eyes to see God. Open our hearts, Lord, that our hearts would be receptive to hear what the Lord would speak to us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I came a I came across an interesting scripture, you know, in Exodus, in, in um, Ezekiel, uh, some time ago, just reading, and very interestingly, God spoke to me something very, very vital for us to understand. In Ezekiel, um, you know, 33, and if you read from verse 12, you know, God says something very powerful. He says, Therefore, you, O son of man, Say to the children of your people, you know, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. The righteousness of a righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from the wickedness. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. Nor shall the righteous man be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. Very 
Uh, very amazing scripture where God, you know, says, um, all the righteousness of a righteous man will not be able to save him on the day he turns his back to God. Or all the wickedness of a wicked man uh, will not destroy him on the day he turns to God. So, you know, one of the, one of the strong reasons why, you know, the word repentance means change of mind. One of the reasons why God wants to wants us to walk in repentance the the message of jesus was repent and be converted repent for the kingdom of god is at hand the word that jesus preached the word that john the baptist preached repent the word that the disciples preached repent and be converted that your sins may be forgiven that times of refreshing will come from the presence of God. You know, this word repentance has always been the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, over the church, over the, over the end time, uh, you know, uh, season where we need to talk uh, to a world uh, that needs to turn around so that to God so that, uh, you know, all the wickedness will just go away. Amen. And then he says something very important. He says in verse 13, when I say to the righteous that he shall live. Listen to me, you know, it's very, 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 very important that we understand this. God says, I say to the righteous that he will surely live. He's giving, he's talking about a promise here. And he says, but he turns in his own righteousness and commits iniquity. None of his righteous works shall be remembered but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. God says, I give a promise, but if you do not hold to the promise, if you do not do things that will make that promise realize itself in your life, then he says, you will not experience what I have promised you. It's very, very uh, you know, amazing. Again, he says in verse 14, again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. If he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statues of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. God is saying, even though I looked at a wicked man and says, say you will die, Yet, because of what he does with his own life, he will live, God says. And in verse 16, he says, None of the sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. And he has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. You know, it's very interesting to see, you know, here two things. One is, all the righteous things that we do, God says, will be forgotten on the day that we sin. And then he says, when I give a promise to you, and if you do not, if your life does not walk in the ordinances of God, if you are not walking in the ways of God, then he says, that promise, even though I have given you a promise, that promise will not come to fulfillment. That promise will not come to fulfillment. Um, if you turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, it's talking about, uh, you know, um, uh, what God spoke to Eli. You know, if you remember, Hannah uh, offers Samuel uh, 
um, to God. He lend, she lends Samuel to God. And then in 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, there's a very um, amazing um, discussion that is going on here where God says from verse 28, let me read it to you. God is saying, did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest to offer upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offerings, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. Again, you see something very interesting. God gave a promise to Eli, a promise to the priests, a promise that he gave to, uh, to Aaron, you know, from Exodus. And then you go on to see that the Lord God of Israel says, verse 30, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. This is the promise. The promise is that, you know, your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. It's a promise given by God. But now says the Lord, you know, God is saying, I gave you a promise, but I want to tell you something else now. What is it? He says, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. We live in a season and a time where it's very important why we need to come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Why we need a revelation of God. Why we need to be focused on the things of God. Why, why these are days to be led by His Spirit. Why these are days to put down things that are not of God in our lives. is because, you know, sometimes God gives us a promise, but our life does not stand in the place of that promise invading and manifesting itself in our lives. Have you ever felt... God gave me a word, but that word is not coming to pass. God gave me a prophetic word, but that word is not coming to pass. God said things to us as a church, but it has taken many years and I can never see it. One of the important things in our lives is when God says something and if it is not happening, for us to come to a place before God to find out why those things are not happening. Look at Eli. The, look at the things, you know, I want you to look at verse 28. Look at what God said to Eli, you know. He says in verse 28, Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel? Number one, you know, God is saying to Eli, I chose you. Amen. I put my, I chose you, I called you. You know, over our lives, there is always a call of God. There is always 
choosing. God separates whom he calls, he separates. Whom he anoints, he separates unto himself. So it's first of all very important to understand who we are in Christ. One of the first things God said to Eli was, you need to know who you are. You are a priest. You are called by God. There is a calling upon your life. Secondly, he says, did I not choose him out of the tribes of Israel to be a priest? Not only did I call you, I gave you a position, a spiritual position. It's very important to understand when God calls us, he always has a work for us to do. He positions us by his anointing. The, anoint, the calling brings the anointing. The anointing puts us in a position. What keeps us in that position under that anointing is character. I've said it before. I want to say it again. Sometimes some of the biggest revivals have not continued, not because God was not moving, but because we did not have the character to carry the anointing. What keeps us in the position, in the spiritual position that God has given us? If you're called to be a pastor, if you're called to be a leader, if you're called to be in the ministry, if you're called to do something for God, what will keep, what the anointing separates you? God calls you to put you in a position. What keeps you in that position is a lifestyle, is a character. The fruit of the Spirit. Jesus, you know, Paul writes about it in Galatians 5. In verse 16, he says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There is a way of living that will keep us in the ordinances and in the fulfillment of the promises of God. Secondly, God, you know, God says, I called you to be a priest, to offer upon my altar to burn incense. God says to him, I brought you to a place of, uh, with a position so that you can stand before me and offer unto me burnt sacrifice. What is it? It's the intercession. It's the prayer to stand in the gap between a people and their God. God says to, to Eli, I put you in a place so that you can pray, so that you can worship, so that you can carry the prayers of the people. Sometimes, you know, we forget why we are where we are. Sometimes we forget the responsibility that is over our lives. God calling you to be in the ministry is because he has a responsibility. You remember Elijah. You know when Elijah ran away from Jezebel. And you know he was far away. You remember God said to Elijah twice. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah says, Lord, but you know the people have not, Lord, they have done this and they have done that. I alone am a prophet. And you know, that's not what God asked. You know, sometimes God is asking, what are you doing? And we say, but you know what, Lord? My country is like this and my people are like this and the church is like this and the situation is like this and they don't want to listen to me and nobody wants to recognize me and nobody wants to see the calling. That's not what God is asking. God is asking, where are you? 
where what are you doing here you're called to be something but you're doing something else second time the lord asked the same question to elijah what are you doing here and you know what the lord said to him he said go and anoint elisha as prophet in your place god was talking about the position of elijah he said you are because you are in another place i got to put somebody else in your place put somebody else in your place it's very important for us to understand god's calling is not cheap god's calling and position is not at our convenience it is at his convenience it is at his convenience he told eli i called you to burn incense to carry the prayer and offer it to me burn incense and then he says and to wear an ephod before me wear an ephod you remember what you remember what an ephod is an ephod is a point of connect between god and man it's a place of hearing the voice of god it's a place why was an ephod made to the priest so that he can connect with god aaron had to wear an ephod you remember in 1 Samuel chapter 30 when the city of Ziklag you know was destroyed by the Amalekites and David's all of David's women you know all the people all the women and their children and everybody were taken away the Amalekites came and burnt Ziklag you remember what happened you know the people were so upset and everybody was creeping the bible says they wept and they wept until they until they could not weep anymore and you remember the first thing that david did was he looked at the priest and said give me the ephod he said give me the ephod he put on the ephod why because he wanted to connect with god and he asked the lord only one thing he said lord what should i do can i recover god said go and recover and the bible says he recovered all what does the ephod mean it means we are in a place to connect so that you know exactly what to do god said to eli did i not choose him out of all the tribes of israel to be my priest to offer upon my altar to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me and did i not give the house of your father and all the offerings of the children of israel made by fire finally god says not only that did i not bless you did i not make your life comfortable have i not done things for you you know you know if if you read isaiah 5 you know uh, talking about um you know uh, god god saying uh, to the children of israel he says what more should i do to you that i have not done to you he says what more why is it when i expect you to give forth good fruit do you bring forth bitter fruit he says in isaiah chapter 5 if you read the beginning first few verses he says why is it when i expect something from you i get something else 
I get something else. God, God has an expectancy over our lives. God says to the children of Israel, I want you to walk with me. I want to bless you. I want you to be fine. I promise you because I mean what I say. I want you to live well. I want you to have things in the right way. But he says, you know, you do things and you're not able to step into what I have promised because you have something else. You want something else. Church, these are days that we draw to God. Interesting scripture in John chapter 5. And if you read verse 30, John chapter 5 and verse 30, look at the words of Jesus. He says, I can of myself do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. You know, very interesting. I thought about this scripture. I've been thinking about it a lot. Why should Jesus say, I can of myself do nothing? He could have done anything he wanted. He could have, he could have just done whatever he felt like doing. But you see, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, until then, he, he served his earthly father. He was a carpenter. He did what, what he had to do. But when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he came to that place of a deliberate choice of understanding. I want to tell you, church, tonight, very, very, very important for us to understand why God fills us with the Holy Spirit so that we step out of our own personal um, way of living into the way that God has over our lives. We step out of our personal will and choices into God's will over our lives. If you remember Matthew 7, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. From verse 20. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, 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 Lord. You can say, Lord, Lord, all the time. But if he who does the will of my Father. Jesus taught in Matthew 6, he said, Pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. He said, your prayer must be, Father, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is right. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. We, it's very important that we understand that we need to break the appetite of the world and move that appetite into doing the will of God. We need to have an appetite, a taste, a longing, a, 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 a desire, a hunger to do the will of God. In Matthew 5, Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. It's very important. Jesus 
began to understand what his life was all about. In Luke, in John chapter 6 and verse 38, John 6, 38, Jesus said, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus said, this is what my life is all about. I have come not to do my own thing. You see, in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 15, Paul writes, You who live, no longer live for yourself, but live for the one who died for you and rose again. He's, he's telling the church, he says, don't live for yourself anymore. He said, in Galatians 2, he says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Ephesians 4 and verse 1, he says, I Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I have understood. So he says in, in Philippians 3, he says, Forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward towards those things that, that, that are ahead. He says, I press. You know, my life is about, I, you know, I, my life is about grabbing a hold of that for which Christ took a hold of my life. I take a hold. I press forward and I take a hold. Take a hold. I want to ask you, my dear brother and sister tonight, what is it that you're holding in your life? What drives you? What is it that is driving you in your life? What is it that you want to become? And why do you want to become that? Why? Why? It's so beautiful, you know. He says, uh, you know, I have, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. You know, he says, Jesus said in Matthew 7, uh, you know, it's very important for us to understand this, you know. He says, I do, uh, I judge no one. John chapter 8. Let's just read these two scriptures. Beautiful. John 8 and verse 15. It's a, it's a very beautiful, powerful scripture. He says, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. You see, our perception the way we look, the way we pass judgments, the way we take decisions, they need to be governed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I do not judge. I don't take decisions. I don't do things. And he says, I do not judge. Um, I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, if there is a way, if there is a reason for me or a, or, a, or a judgment that I must make, my judgment is true for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. He says, my judgment is always based on who the Father is in me. What am I trying to say tonight? All that I'm say, trying to say is, 
God wants us to come to that place in our life where we where the spirit of God takes over he begins to he begins to operate he begins to take over all my life the things that i do the things that are in my life you know the you know jesus said the flesh profits nothing what is this flesh our mind our will our emotions sometimes you know uh, you we try to understand everything with our mind christian life is not about is not about human earthly knowledge christian life is about walking in the revelation of god paul says uh, in in second corinthians 4 Uh, from verse 16 he says our light affliction is for a moment worketh in us an exceeding weight of glory and he says for we do not look at things that are seen he says my life is not what about what i see but he says my life is about what i know for we do not look at things that are seen but at things that are unseen he says i keep looking at things that you cannot see in the natural things that god is showing me things that god is revealing to me things that god is speaking into my spirit things that god is depositing into my life the voice of god the revelation that comes from his word he says my eyes are on things that are unseen for the things that are seen are te- temporary but the things that are unseen are eternal i am for in in, in colossians 3 and verse 1 he says set your mind on things above where christ is seated he says your mind must be put in another place mind will and emotions that's the flesh and our body put together is the flesh he says it it profits nothing your emotions must not be governed by what is happening around you your your emotions must come under the lordship of the spirit of god you can walk through challenging times but you can still be rejoicing peter writes he says remember that you are sojourners and uh, uh, you are pilgrims he says who's a sojourner and a pilgrim one who doesn't belong to a place peter writes to to the to the to the to the diaspora the people who are now walking because of persecution out of jerusalem they don't know what to do they don't know where to go they don't know where to go and live and he says you have this attitude in your heart that you are pilgrims and sojourners in this land in this world if you understand that you don't belong to a place then the things of that place will not grab a hold of you he says don't let your heart be discouraged by all the persecutions and challenges that you're walking remember god is working through you remember god is for you remember god is taking you out of jerusalem remember god is walking with you remember you carry a precious anointing upon your life the lord is with you in the midst of your persecution and let me tell you something that diaspora took the gospel to the nations of the world that persecution in jerusalem took the gospel across the nations of the world are you with me the challenges of your life 
are not to crush you, are for you to understand that God is working in you something that is more glorious. Something that is more glorious. Our light affliction in us is working an exceeding weight of glory. Turn with me to John chapter 16. I want to share something as I finish tonight. John 16. Look at what Jesus said in verse 13. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Six important things. Quickly, let me just run over in the scripture that you see. Very, very important. Number one, Jesus said, for he, the spirit of truth. Why the Holy Spirit? Because it is the truth that will set you free. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. What will keep you in righteousness? What will keep you in the position that God has? What will keep you in the work that God has entrusted? What will keep you in the calling by which God has called you is knowing the truth. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, the truth will be over your life. You will know the truth. Why? Because the Spirit of God is called the truth. The second thing, he said, he will guide you. What will the Holy Spirit do? He will hold your hand and lead you. Those, Romans 8, the Bible says, those that are led by the Spirit of God are called the sons of God. The Spirit of God comes upon us. The anointing is upon us because God wants to guide you. We live in a, in a sinful, dark world with a maze of different things going around. How to to drive through, how to pass through, how to walk through, how to find your way through, you don't need to strive. If you live under the anointing, the Spirit of God will guide you through all those things. Today there are all kinds of doctrines, all kinds of things that we are hearing every day. We're getting all kinds of new things coming into the church every day, coming into our lives every day. How to go through it? The Spirit of God will be a guide. Jesus said, He will guide you into all truth. He'll be like a guide. What's the third thing? He said, He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you. Two things He will do. He will speak to you and tell you what to do? What does the Spirit of God do? He will instruct you. Come on church, are you with me? God wants to speak to you in the midst of all the voices around the world. In the midst of all things around you, God wants to tell you something. My question to you tonight is, what is He telling you today? What is God telling you today? If the Spirit of God is upon you, His voice is over you. 
and he will surely tell you something. He will tell you, Jesus said. And he said he will tell you of things to come. What is he telling you? He'll talk to you about your future. He's going to tell you about what is ahead of you. He's going to tell you about what lies in your tomorrow. Are you confused? Are you worried? Are you bothered? Are you, are you in a place where you're afraid of what's going to happen to you? Let me tell you something. There is a God who wants to dwell upon you by His Spirit. And who wants to open your eyes so that you can see and know and understand what lies ahead of you. He wants to speak to you, tell you of things to come. And what will he do? The Bible says, and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. What will the Spirit of God do? He will declare what belongs to Jesus. Bring you to a place of an understanding of Jesus. Suddenly begin to understand who your God is. You suddenly come to that place, you begin to have a revelation of who God is. A revelation of who God is. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, all the things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. All things that the Father has. There is no secret, no mystery, no things that you cannot have. You can have everything that the Father has because Jesus will give you as and when you need what you need. He knows when to give you the treasures of the Father. He knows when to do what to do in your life. And you do it by the Holy Spirit. If you will say to Him, God, I need it. I want to walk under it. Eli lost it. There was a promise for Eli that, you know, there will, there will always be a priest in his kingdom, in, you know, in his generation. Eli lost it. Why? Because he walked away from God. Because he, he, he moved away from God. Saul lost it. 1 Samuel 10 and verse 6, God said, to, you know, Samuel said to Saul, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will be another man. A man after the heart of God. A man who will prophesy. Saul lost it. One day, Saul came to that place. He needed a medium to hear God. He needed something else. He wanted that he went to the point of even running to the demonic because he could not hear God. A man called, a man anointed, a man positioned, a man who stood for God's people, stood in the gap. A man who had the ephod lost everything. I want to ask you this evening, where are you? My friend, I want to ask you. God wants to draw you. Draw you. Draw you to that place. It's never too late. We live under the season of grace. We are not under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant. We live under the season of grace. Tonight, just one word. Lord, 
come back to you lord one word lord i want to come back to that place where i can listen lord it shook me when i read ezekiel where the bible says on the day that we sin against god all the righteous things that we have done will be forgotten god said you know i asked the lord some days ago when he spoke to me i said lord but i've done so many things have you forgotten them but his word says he has forgotten them i remembered some things god began to tell me be careful son be careful be careful with your life be careful with what you're doing be careful with what you're speaking be careful where you are sometimes you know revelation 2 says we can we can be in the ministry when he said to the church at ephesus he says i know your labor i know your patience i know that you cannot bear with evil i know everything god says i know your work he said but he said you have one thing i have against you you've lost your first love he said you have you have gotten into the the motions of religion but you have locked, walked out of the god of the religion you can do all the spiritual things but the connection is gone tonight god says to us come back i want to put my anointing upon you for under the season of grace unmerited favor of god is over our lives he does not condemn us he doesn't push us away he wants to fill us with his holy spirit he wants to forgive us he wants to change us he wants to draw us to that place of a deep intimacy with god where we can walk with him under the voice of god when we come to that place what will happen to us we will walk under the the choosing of god will walk under the calling of god will be will will be positioned in a place by the spirit of god will come to that place of worship and prayer where we can stand in the gap we can put on an ephod in the spiritual connect with the god of heaven the blessings of god will overtake us eli lost it but under the new covenant you and i in today step back and receive and walk into everything that god has so to you for one moment close your eyes as we finish this evening and ask the lord lord fill me with your holy spirit if i have done anything that is displeased to you forgive me god lord if i have not understood my calling forgive me if i have not understood my position my spiritual position forgive me god lord if i have not understood where i am standing before you i stand to intercede for a nation i stand to intercede for a people i stand in a place to offer unto you burnt offerings prayers and worship I stand in that place if i have forgotten it if i have not if i have misunderstood if i have taken it lightly forgive me god i've been called to wear the ephod a place of connect a place of hearing the voice of god if i have taken it for granted forgive me forgive me i've taken the blessings of god lightly in my life forgive me tonight would you say to the lord lord fill me with your holy spirit 
that I walk in truth. That I will walk in truth. That I'll be guided by you. And hear what you tell me. Understand what is before my life. I'll receive what belongs to Jesus. And I will inherit every blessing of the Father upon my life. In the right time, those things that will come from the Father will come upon my life because Jesus will give it to me. Father, I pray for every head bowed in your presence tonight. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for healing. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for change. Thank you for change. Thank you for a new life in Christ. Thank you that, Lord, amidst of all the challenges, we can stand and believe that you are there for us and you will work all things well for us. We ask for your precious grace and anointing to fill us and flood us. We open our inner man and ask that, Lord, you would st strengthen our inner man, build our lives. Those who need a miracle tonight, the mighty name of Jesus, the authority and the grace that you have given me. I rebuke every sickness, every challenge, every situation, every trouble that your people are facing. Speak the peace of God upon their lives. Speak the joy of the Lord upon their lives. May old things fall away and bondages be broken in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Father, thank you for speaking to us tonight. Thank you for your grace and mercy that walks before us. Thank you, Jesus. We know who you are. Father, we know who you are. You said to Moses, when I come, you will hear me say grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. Thank you today we live under the grace and mercy of God. Your mighty hand of blessing rest upon each one tonight. For we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. My dear brother and sister, God bless you. Thank you for joining us with Deeper Life. Just hold on to God. Spend time with Him. Read His Word. Meditate upon His Word. Allow the Spirit of God to minister to you. God has a great plan for your life, for all of our lives. And he will do what He has promised if we will walk with Him. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. So God bless you. Have a glorious week. And looking forward to seeing you again next week. God bless you. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.